sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And welcome back. It's hour two of Fantasy Sports today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia for the next two hours breaking down everything in fantasy sports gambling and, of course, the latest in Major League Baseball with everything happening with the unfortunate situation with the Miami Marlins. The latest today in this afternoon as we speak here at 1 o'clock on the East is that the Marlins have had one more positive test that they got back this morning, which means that brings their total to 16 players out of the 30 that they had on the Major League roster that are not going to be able to play on a Major League Baseball field for a little bit. Miami is going to have to dig deep into their farm system, into their alternate player site, and, of course, into free agency to try and get warm bodies to play for them when play resumes next Tuesday, one of which will be Logan Forsythe, who we all know once upon a time was relevant in baseball, relevant in fantasy, and actually almost made the Phillies. Out of their summer camp 2.0, he can play first, he can play second, he can play third. But the problem is he can't play all those positions at once. So they're going to have to sign other guys too. But Forsyth is one that I would keep an eye on for the Marlins moving forward. And if you play in a fantasy league that's uh, 75 teams deep, I think that there's probably a chance that you uh, that you want to pick him up because he's, he's a body and he is playing. Uh, beyond that, yeah. the other good news... The other good news, Joe, real quick, is uh, the Phillies had all negative tests. I want to make sure that we say that because that, that does mean that the baseball season will press on. That was my concern, that it would be a second team and everybody negative for them. Now, Joe, I'll kick it back to you for uh, for the Marlins here at this point. Yeah, and, and let me just make the caveat here with Craig said when they said they want warm bodies. We're talking 98.6, okay? We don't yes, want the very fair too point. Warm. Fair point. Uh, I just make that, put that out there for everybody. Warm Bad bodies to an extent. That's all right. That's all right. That's why I'm here to clean up your messes, Mish. That's what I do. But look, it's a really good thing about the Phillies so far. Let's hope this trend continues because if it does, then that means possibly a crisis was averted in terms of widespread, in terms of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? And if you get isolated to just the one team, so far, as bad as that is, we all know it could be worse. So I think we're just waiting the next few days, make sure there's no more positive tests in the Phillies, continue to play the waiting game with that. And and that's fair. And I think that's why everybody in Major League Baseball is holding their breath for. And I don't I wouldn't let it out yet. I wouldn't have a big sigh, but I would certainly be a little bit more comfortable that we're going to get a season today more so than I was yesterday. And I kind of wonder if you feel the same way. Yes, definitely. I think that that was the best news that we've heard thus far. In addition to the Marlins alternate camp testing all negative, I think that this was phenomenal that the Phillies did too because it means that they can resume their season. And they're talking about potentially even next week some more schedule alterations, so we'll certainly have to keep an eye out on that. I don't know what those are right now, but it appears that there's still maybe a chance that the Marlins may not even uh, be able to play next week, which I would, I'd hate to see that, but we'll see. All right, here are the other headlines going on in baseball, football, basketball, hockey, of course, uh, worth mentioning as well as we take a look here. Uh, the the NBA reported no positive tests whatsoever in their bubble of more than 300 players. So Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, we got two NBA games. 
It will be so curious to see those games play out. I can't wait for that. Uh, to see uh, Zion and the Pelicans and then Lakers Clippers at night. Uh, NBA is back on Thursday. All right, uh, from baseball from last night, and we'll sort of turn the page a little bit to later this afternoon and today. The Dodgers and Astros mix it up a little bit. If you haven't seen that by now, you're probably not a big baseball fan, not paying attention, because they almost <laughs> had a big fight when Joe Kelly, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, threw at Carlos Correa and sort of antagonized him a little bit. Unfortunately, because there are no fans in the stands, you heard the audio of Dusty Baker throwing out some expletives at Joe Kelly, too, and eh, that's part of baseball here in 2020. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one of our favorite young prospects, favorite young players. I don't know he's a prospect anymore after winning the home run derby, but certainly hit his first home run last night. That was good to see. The Twins are absolutely on fire. They're clubbing teams. If you have a pitcher in DFS and you see the Twins on the schedule, pick someone else. Josh Donaldson hit a home run yesterday as well. In terms of saves, which was a very big dynamic that we were going to be confused with this season, Nick Anderson, who is never going to give up a run and never give up a hit, is also probably (laughs) never going to get a save because they're using him all over the place. And Oliver Drake, who I never thought would lead the majors in saves, has two thus far after picking another one up yesterday. And as we welcome in our radio listeners, we're reviewing everything here on Fantasy Sports today in terms of the top headlines. And going over some more, we have Angels and Simmons on the 10-day injured list, which means David Fletcher has a permanent spot in that lineup, which he should because he is great. And then over to the NFL, where Aaron Rodgers yesterday on a podcast uh, said that his career may uh, have to be played at the end away from Green Bay. And certainly that's a topic that will be fun to hit on after the season because, Joe, a a 50% Aaron Rodgers is probably better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So Rodgers will have no problem finding a home next year. Probably not. The question is, is he going to go full Brett Favre and go play for the Bears or somebody like that? Is he going to try to go stick it to the Packers? You said, you know what? There's nothing left in that tank anymore for you. Is he going to be that kind of a guy? Or is he just going to end up somewhere else that wants him? And I think that is going to be the story to watch. Uh, I feel like maybe, just maybe, Aaron Rodgers might have a little of that Brett Favre streak in him. What do you think, Craig? It would be interesting to see if he could end up there. And, and actually, the Bears would be a pretty solid spot. And look, you know, Matthew Stafford could, you know, they could move on from him. Who knows? I mean, I, it's blasphemous to think, but anything can happen uh, over the course of the regular season. Uh, also, we're getting some lineups in. The A's are playing the Rockies this afternoon. And, uh, and Chris Davis, not in the lineup for the Oakland A's, who's just continued to struggle from last year. And, and you got to start wondering if, if Davis is, la- is season last year is just compounding into this year and we didn't even mention him on players that are cold because he hasn't had as many at bats as some of the others but chris davis joe 0 for 15 to start the season so we'll dive into a lot more baseball and also fantasy sports today's birthdays right after this SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All 
right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia, and great to be with you guys here as we're in the middle of the week. It feels like uh, the middle of the month, but nonetheless, we'll continue on. It's a lot of fun to be able to talk <laughs> baseball again with you, and unfortunately, under some tough circumstances for one Major League Baseball team, it has certainly uh, had some ripple effects on other teams. And in terms of sports betting, the one thing that I think that we've learned of with the return of baseball is you have to be extremely cautious on a lot of your sports betting. Now, in terms of FanDuel, it's pretty easy. You just get access to the FanDuel site. If you live in a state where gambling is legal, you can log on, create an account, and start betting immediately, like in New Jersey, as an example. Uh, what's also interesting is some of the ways that things are changing. As an example, in Las Vegas, all the bets that are being made on baseball this year, it makes no difference who pitches or not. That's something brand new in baseball. Usually you can pick whether or not you are going to bet on the pitcher or you are betting on the action. And in this case this year, it is all action and nothing else. Not a lot of choices in Vegas this year, but on FanDuel, they're giving you plenty of choices. And we're going to review some of the games today. And, Joe, we had some marquee games yesterday. As I mentioned, Christian Javier for the Houston Astros, uh, to me, is one that I want to watch. And I also want to see, of course, Nate Pearson face off against the Washington Nationals. But those are not the first two games on the board today. we got games coming up in a couple hours. That's right. And a good one, too. One of my favorite pitchers. And now we're also cycling through kids. We're cycling through the the number ones and twos again. So we're getting closer now to hopefully guys ramping up. And, and maybe this first week will be... Uh, not quite, you know, you look back on it and go, okay, everyone was still ramping up and you kind of roll your eyes a little bit about it. But if this trend continues where guys are only going four or five innings in week two and week three, this is a real concern. We have to look at things and really reevaluate. Uh, I'm hoping that once again tonight, DeGrom, Scherzer, Cole, you're getting some big time names. You're going to see six, maybe even seven innings from some of these guys. That's my hope. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I think the bullpens desperately need it. Like some of these bullpens have been taxed already. Look at, look at the Boston bullpen, which have no answers anywhere. The Phillies, I mean, they're lucky that they don't have games right now. Cause that's how bad their bullpen was leading into things. So I think right now, that's what my focus is on tonight too, is now that the number ones are getting a second shot at it. Are we going to get deeper into games and take a little bit of pressure off those bullpens? Yeah, and I think that the Tigers need to really be commended because, as we talked about earlier in the show, and you can go back and watch on demand, they had six shutout innings out of their bullpen, mm-hmm. and that's and that's almost Impressive. impossible to do in this day. And so uh, the Tigers, who had arguably one of the worst pitching staffs in Major League Baseball, it can't be said enough for teams like Baltimore, teams like Detroit, even though we know that eventually the shoe will drop and maybe they'll be 500 or below, you got to give those teams credit for realizing the urgency of what the season is and getting off to that great start. Because if we're going to sit here and say that the White Sox are off to a bad start, we certainly got to give credit to the good teams and the starts that they've gotten off to as well. All right, uh, so let's take a look and uh, let's take a look at one of the games today that's starting. And, and you know, we focus a lot here on the afternoon games because I know those of you who watch us, you're into fantasy, you're into DFS. Scott Farrell, who is on later here on SportsGrid, does a great show breaking down all of the Major League Baseball games and the entire slate and usually uh, does a good job breaking down the evening games, too. So we focus on the games that are really coming up at hand so you can make those decisions. And we'll start off today, Joe, in Oakland, where the A's are minus 140 against the Colorado Rockies. The total is eight. And Frankie Montas, who certainly looked good in his first start, will face off uh, with uh, Herman Marquez, who looked good in his first start, too. Really good in his first start, too. So maybe the tide has turned for Marquez. I don't know. He's certainly a hard guy to trust. Oakland is a very significant favorite today, though, as they play at home against the Rockies. 
Yeah, and you mentioned also Chris Davis not in this lineup today as well. Hopefully he can get right because that's definitely one guy that I was taking some cheap shares of this year. Hopefully to get him right and get back to the 40 home run monster he was just two years ago and the three years leading up to that. But uh, you're absolutely right about these two pitchers. Both got off to good starts. I am the biggest Frankie Montas fan there is. And I'll be looking at the under on this one more than anything because you mentioned Marquez was pretty good out of the gate as well. This is a pitcher-friendly environment here in Oakland. So all those things together, uh, to me, that looks like you go underneath this total of eight. I think that is more appealing to me than maybe the outcome of this game. Craig, how do you approach this one from a wagering standpoint? Yeah, I mean, from a wagering standpoint, I think that I probably would stay away because I have uh, my total is over eight on on uh, television and radio appearances that I have to do on the show. So that's an over. <laughs> uh, as, as far as the game is concerned, I'll watch it. But I can tell you that I'm not betting on a single baseball game until this <laughs> until this all clears up. I just I I. I I have a lot of time to do these shows and break them down and tell you who to pick up and drop in fantasy and review who's hot and who's cold and give you the matchups. But to take my money and put the, put this on these games uh, today or until some of this stuff clears up is not something that I am going to advise doing. Maybe somebody else here on Sports Grid will. All right, uh, Diamondbacks and Texas Rangers as they're back uh, playing in Texas tonight. Madison Bumgarner, who uh, starts for the Diamondbacks, who started opening day for them. Uh, got off to a really good start in his opening day start. And then, you know, things got a little uh, dicey for him and the bullpen. Lance Lynn, of course, who is the clear ace now of the Texas Rangers and the horse of the Texas Rangers opens up here as a minus 132 favorite. And if you're taking the Diamondbacks, you're making 116 on your $100 bet. Certainly the advantage will be with Lance Lynn. And, and FanDuel has never been really bullish on the Diamondbacks to start the season either, so it shouldn't shock you that uh, Texas is somewhat of a favorite. I am not giving up at all on Arizona. I do think that they're a good team, but they clearly have not looked great in their first week. No, they have a Cattell Marte's played really well, too, especially in the field. I don't know if you've seen some of the plays he's made. He's really looked outstanding at second base. And he's one of the few guys who was actually a plus defender, not just at one position, but at two last year, center field and at second base metrically. And uh, I'm still a big fan of his. And I, I kind of like the Diamondbacks in this one. If I had to lean a certain way, uh, you can make some money here on this one. You've got a, a big time pitcher in Bumgarner. And, and right now. Texas is another team I think is feeling a little pressure. Whenever you have a big piece go down, like, you know, Kluber was the acquisition. Let's be honest. He was the guy that was going to change the tide. And I think mentally when you lose that guy, it's tough, and it does put a strain on the rest of the staff. Now, now granted, Lance Lynn was the one last year. He was the opening day starter this year, so he understands how to deal with that pressure. But I think Arizona has a really good chance in this game. And the bottom of this order has not been great for the Texas Rangers. And Todd Frazier's not been good for the Texas Rangers either. And, like, you look at some of the other pieces they have right now, they're not firing on all cylinders. I know you got a home run from Odor last night, but you can never bank on him. For me, I think the Diamondbacks are more appealing in this one. And I think uh, they kind of, you know, need to put their foot down here with their ace and Madison Bumgarner. And this is a big start for him, too. I can't believe we're here a week into the season where we're talking about big starts. But you know what? This is one for Bumgarner. This is why he was brought in to go in there and win a game like this on the road. So keep a close eye on this one because I do think this is kind of important of whether or not it's going to launch the Arizona Diamondbacks into a better rest of the weekend coming up potentially for them. Yeah, and and I think that for Bumgarner, look, 20% of his starts, if he's making 10 starts, 20% are in the books after tonight. So we'll see how he does. Mm -hmm. Dodgers and Astros, again, hopefully no social distance fight as the Dodgers opened up as a very slight favorite. But make no mistake about it, you look at this line and say, wait a second here. Aren't the Astros a really good baseball team? Should they be underdogs of any kind at home ever? I I would tell you they'd go through 162 
and at home would never be an underdog, but it is the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are almost impossible to beat. As Dustin May's first start was really good, didn't get deep enough into the game to really help you out in DFS. Maybe he'll go deeper tonight, and maybe he won't even be in the rotation in a few days with, with Clayton Kershaw coming back. Nobody knows for sure. The total is 10. Christian Javier makes his major league debut. I would never bet on a rookie pitcher in his first start, but I I believe this kid eventually will have a lot of success. I don't think people are talking about him enough. I can't wait to see the Astros reaction tonight in this game. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see if he basically awoke the beast a little bit and everyone gets fired up and they defend themselves a little bit here. It's going to be fascinating to watch because if they're going to defend themselves, it's going to be with the bat. And speaking of bats, too, in the daily side of this game, too, keep a very close eye. Michael Brantley, very underpriced. Gurriel as well in the middle of that order. Yeah, you got to pay up for the Bregmans and Springers and Altuves. But the other guys right after them in the four and five spot of this lineup are really cost effective tonight. And I do think they are going to respond with those bats. That's definitely what I'm looking forward to tonight. And look, uh, another fun uh, debut here for Javier, too, and Dustin May, one of the best young pitchers in baseball. We've got a lot of youth on the mound tonight, Craig. This is a good evening of Major League Baseball debuts. It is. I, I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I wish the Dodgers would call Gavin Lux up soon. Hopefully that'll happen. And so <laughs> so does he. we can we can have we can have both of their young rookies there. They kind of hurt me with that one, but uh, story for another day. Okay, coming up next, it's time for this day in fantasy sports and our fantasy sports birthdays. Then we've got fantasy or reality and the sports grid sixty to end the show. So hopefully you guys will. Stay tuned to that. Also, as a programming reminder, we have Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later. He is going coast to coast, has the latest on all sports and sports betting as well. But for now, Joe and I will be right back with this day in fantasy sports history. So make sure you stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a very good day to be defensive end Joey Bosa. According to Adam Schefter over at ESPN and confirmed by multiple other reports, Bosa and the LA Chargers agreed to $135 million deal. It'll keep Bosa in LA for the next six seasons. A mega deal for the defensive end. Bosa's deal includes $78 million in fully guaranteed money at signing, $102 million guaranteed. That's according to sources of Schefter and other reports out there in the media. And the most for defense to player in NFL history. The deal is the largest the Chargers have ever given out and is the first $100 million deal in the franchise according to ESPN stats and information research. In the NBA, Montrezl Harrell is still tending to a private matter and will not play in Thursday's opener against the Lakers. Lou Williams will still be in quarantine and the status of Patrick Beverly is still uncertain. So, the Clippers will be very short-handed going up against the Lakers in their bubble opener this week. Ex- According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Houston Rockets guard Eric Gordon is feared to be lost for one to two weeks because of a left ankle injury suffered in a scrimmage on Tuesday. Rockets are expected to have a clearer sense of Gordon's injury timeline once he's evaluated again on Wednesday. X-rays were, in fact, negative, according to coach Mike D'Antoni, but they do expect him to miss some time. In Major League Baseball today, it's the Colorado Rockies at the Oakland A's. Herman Marquez against Frankie Montes. Arizona at Texas. Madison Bumgarner versus Lance Lynn. Max Scherzer takes on 
on rookie Nate Pearson as the Nationals visit Toronto. That game obviously on the road for the Toronto Blue Jays. Chicago at Cleveland. Lucas Giolito trying to rebound from a bad first start against Zach Plesac. Chicago at Cincinnati. Kyle Hendricks versus Sonny Gray. All of those considered day games or night games kick off with LA at Houston again. Dustin May against Christian Javier. That game should or could see some fireworks after Joe Kelly throwing seemingly at some of the stars including Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. We also have Nathan Eovaldi against Jacob deGrom. That game Red Sox versus New York in Queens and Closing out the night out in Los Angeles, it's the Seattle Mariners at the LA Angels. Justin Dunn versus Andrew Heaney. And in an obvious scheduling quirk because of the Miami Marlins season being suspended, the Yankees both have a postponed matchup and an actual matchup tonight, as do the Baltimore Orioles. So Philadelphia at New York, Miami at Baltimore, both postponed. But the Yankees will play the Orioles at 7.35. It's Garrett Cole versus Asher Wojciechowski. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And we're going to get to our This Day in Fantasy Sports History and our Fantasy Sports Birthdays. Just a couple of uh, new updated stories to give to you today as well. Uh, Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals has now had consecutive negative tests and is eligible to return to the Nationals if D.C. will let him play. So this is a whole nother thing that players are going to, I guess, have to go through to determine that. I I feel like uh, D.C. and the Nationals will talk and get this squared away, especially for Juan Soto. If it was somebody else, they probably would say no. But Juan Soto, you got to let play. Uh, (laughs) And then beyond that, uh, another another interesting topic, Joe, here today is that the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, looks like right now that Bruce Arians is going to be wearing not just a mask, Uh, but a face shield on the field this year, which tells you the seriousness of this. And that's a story that's uh, brand new here today from CBS. Yeah, he's one of the older coaches in the league, and he's also somebody who has a history of health issues, too. And he's been very vocal about all of this at the beginning, and we saw some other players opt out yesterday, obviously, uh, the Patriots being the uh, the biggest hit of all the teams, uh, which, I, I mean, you know, it, it's, again, it's kind of random in that sense. I don't think he's anyone who's anything looking into this. Uh, some people are trying to make the illusion. They're asking their players to opt out, which is just stupid. You don't say sign Cam Newton and then pretend like you're going to tank. Like, that's not what the Patriots are ever about. But uh, Bruce Arians has made no bones about how he feels about the season, and he has his concerns about it. And uh, I think everything that Bruce Arians can do to personally protect himself is the right call for sure. And, uh, you know, most of the coaches are a lot younger than they used to be in this league. That's one thing. If you go back 10, 15 years in this league, you have a lot more coaches in their 60s and above. That's a rarity now. You see a lot of head coaches who are in their mid-30s. I mean, it's a very, very different uh, landscape in terms of NFL coaching. So it's not surprising to see Bruce Arians on the older side kind of, uh, you know, kind of being on the forefront in terms of protecting himself here in this scenario. Yep, and, and certainly we'll we'll see there to be a lot more uh, NFL to cover in the coming weeks as players report to training camp and certainly how they're handling things. So we'll have that covered for you here on Sports Grid as well uh, as we get into the month of August, which is coming up pretty soon. All right, so let's go. This day in fantasy sports history. Yes, we're back here. This day in fantasy sports history and birthdays. We've ignored you guys all week long, and now we're back. We've got it for you. Start off in 1941. This is way back. Honus Wagner at age 41 becomes the oldest player to ever hit a grand slam and has the most expensive baseball card in history. I think he does. I'm not sure if Mike Trout passed Honus Wagner on that Trout card that was sold uh, a month ago or two, but Honus Wagner at the time did. 1960, first AFL preseason game between the Boston Patriots and Buffalo Bills. How about that? 
Now we fast forward to 1989. The Chicago White Sox trade future Hall of Famer Harold Baines to the Rangers for somebody named Sam Sosa. I'm really sure <laughs> who that is. Maybe there's an M and a Y off of his name, but believe it or not, if you didn't know, Sammy Sosa did play on the White Sox and Tigers and wasn't all that great until he got to the Chicago Cubs and didn't have the M and the Y on his name either. So there you go. 2003, Bill Miller, one of the more underrated players on the Boston Red Sox, uh, hit a grand slam from both sides of the plate in 2003, uh, hit three home runs in the game, went on to uh, coach the St. Louis Cardinals as well. I thought a pretty good coach and a pretty good player, and, and, and one I believe that won a batting title, if I'm not mistaken, as well. 2018, the Hall of Fame inducts Chipper. This is a great Hall of Fame class. Chipper Jones, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris, Vladimir Guerrero, and Jim Tomei, back when we could actually have ceremonies in Cooperstown, Joe. That must have been fun. Feels like forever ago. But uh, a nice little day of things that happen in, in fantasy sports. Which one piques your interest today? Well, I remember watching that Bill Miller game. I remember watching that as it was going on. Uh, and they cut in there, uh, I think, after that first home run. I think it was a ESPN at the time had cut in to show his other at-bat. And then, sure enough, there it was. And it was an incredible thing to watch. And you go, oh, my God, look at the grand slides. This is wild. Never seen anything like this. And you talk about that Hall of Fame class. Wow. That is some names right there. Uh, two great Tigers, too, Alan Trammell and Jack Morris. And when I think of the 80s Detroit Tigers, those are the guys I think of. You think of Kirk Gibson, Lou Whitaker as well. Jack Morris, to me, was like the epitome of 80s pitcher, especially in the American League. The stats didn't always look just absolutely dominant, but the one thing he did was win ball games. And the one thing he did was always pitch to contact when he wanted to. And when he needed a strikeout, he could rear back and get some more. And, and Jack Morris went out there and was competitive for the Minnesota Twins, too. A lot of people forget about that run and how important he was for the Twins. Uh, even at the very end of his career, kind of hanging on with the Blue Jays there as well, just kind of being a wealth of knowledge to some of those younger pitchers. Jack Morris was a great competitor and a throwback to a different style of pitching where you pitched to whatever the game was. If you're winning 8 nothing, you pitched to contact. You didn't care about it. You were trying to get the game moving, try to keep your, your fielders ready to go, and trying to just get on to the next game. If it was a 2-1 game, totally different Jack Morris. And I think that art form is basically gone. You don't see anybody ever do that nowadays. And the sad part was, by the time Jack Morris was really getting considered for the Hall of Fame, our perspective of stats had changed so much that we said, oh, well, what, what these Jack Morris stats, they're okay, they're not great. But that's the difference of looking at stats and watching the pitcher. And I think when you watch the pitcher, there was no doubt when you're watching Jack Morris, at least for me as a kid, that this was one of the best in the league and one of the best pitchers in the American League at that time. Yeah, and I was a big fan of Jack Morris, and, and I know he got passed over a lot, but eventually did get into the Hall of Fame. The one unfortunate part is that since a couple of years ago doing away with the 15-year rule, it's now 10. And so players have to get in in 10 years of the Hall of Fame, or you go to the Veterans Committee, and they'll actually vote in a few months to see who the next members of the Baseball Hall of Fame will be. All right, this day in fantasy sports, birthdays for the 29th of July. Happy birthday, Stan Kroenke. Oh, my gosh, no one is wishing this guy a happy birthday. This is like one of the most hated owners in all of sports, taking the Rams away from St. Louis and not building a stadium there, and then L.A. builds in this brand-new, beautiful stadium, and Kroenke has his own network and the Nuggets and all that. I mean, this guy is just so... Uh, I, I, he is not well liked. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it that way. I know He's a lot only of people the second guy that Craig refuses to wish. Now that's two guys now on all these birthdays I mean, that were just not. Is him and OJ Simpson? Those are the two guys we weren't wishing a happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, look, Stan may have to hire me one day for a job, so I'm not gonna totally trash him. But look, a lot of people <laughs> in St. Louis do not like this man. So I mean, I they are not I, I fans of him. It's an elite club, the yeah. no birthday wish club. <laughs> it is. It's very short. 
Very short. <laughs> 1954. I put Ellis Valentine on here because there's some backstory here. There is some backstory here on this one. Now, I know who Ellis Valentine is. Joe, I'm sure you know who Ellis Valentine is, but we made like a whole show out of this back in spring training when uh, Frank Stanfield was my co-host here because he was part of that great outfield that the Montreal Expos had, and Frank had no idea who he was. No clue. And so I we I, I kind of razzed him for a while, and then he razzed me back saying that he shouldn't have to know who Ellis Valentine was. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, if you know anything about the Expos in the 80s, you knew who Ellis was. But... He didn't know, didn't care. And he played for the Mets too, Ellis Valentine. So I, I that's that's how he I did. love him. And I do I do We gotta check in with Joe Ranieri. Did he play with the Yankees? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everybody played with the Yankees at some point. <laughs> everybody played for the Yankees, according to Joe Ranieri. Nineteen fifty seven, Clint Hurdle, the former skipper of the Colorado Rockies, Pittsburgh Pirates, also a really good player with the Kansas City Royals as well, born in nineteen fifty seven, uh boxing analyst and former Trainer, Teddy Atlas, maybe maybe still current trainer. I don't want to rule that out. Born in 1956. And then 1993, we have Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And also the biggest birthday in fantasy sports today is our very own Scott Farrell, who was born in 1965, the host of Coast to Coast with Scott Farrell and Farrell on the bench. And Scott, happy birthday to you. Unfortunately, you're a lot older than me, and now it's been made very clear on that. I wasn't entirely sure. I thought that I had a couple of years on Scott, but it turns out I have a lot. Nonetheless, happy birthday, Scott. Yeah, yeah. One of the good dudes here at the network, too. Love going on uh, Scotty's show, and if you haven't seen it yet, you you need to. He does a great job, uh, just absolutely entertaining and fun and great information as well. And uh, I've loved the the couple moments, and and I've been watching him. Even the first time I was on his show, I said, hey, man, I remember in college, I used to watch you on Daily News Live in Philadelphia on Comcast Sports. They did a little show. It was him. It's Stephen A. Smith at the time was still in Philadelphia. It was a crazy group of characters. It was a really entertaining show, as you can imagine. And uh, it's kind of surreal to actually be doing his show uh, just, you know, oh, I don't know, you know, 15 years later (laughs) that here I am with him on a show together, which was bizarre. But happy birthday to him and happy birthday to Dak Prescott as well, because that man's going to get paid soon. Okay, it's coming. It's coming real soon. I don't know when it's going to be, but there's no way you can let a franchise quarterback walk in the NFL. I'm sorry. Uh, That's the investment you have to make. I just don't understand why we're going through all this charade. Do you get it, Craig? Because it makes no sense to me at all. I mean, you know, we just went through the last decade of the NFL. and We showed all the records of all the teams. And you can see the haves and the have-nots of quarterbacks and the records and who's above 500 news below. And if you don't have that quarterback, you don't have W's in the NFL. And Dak Prescott is a pretty darn good quarterback last time I checked. Is he at the very, very elite of Patrick Mahomes? Probably not, but I don't know if anybody plays at that level. So don't you think this is just the inevitable of of him getting signed to a long-term contract here? Of course it is, and it's really short-sighted on the the part of the Cowboys because they're going to have no choice. And I'm not sure. Has has he said if he's reporting to camp or not? He is not. Am I accurate with that or no? As of right now, we don't know that information, whether or not he will, uh, the last that I saw. But like you said, what, what's the point? Why are we going back and forth? And if you're going to give Amari Cooper all that money, well, you have to know that Dak Prescott was coming up. Yeah. And I get it. I get surrounding him with weapons. But at the same time, you either have the quarterback in the league or you don't. And you have it if you're the Cowboys. You need to make the investment and stop alienating him and everybody else around this whole scenario and alienating the fans. It just makes no sense to me at all. 
Yeah, the other part of this, too, and, and something that the Cowboys will have to understand, and I'm sure they do, and they don't need you know some guy like me telling them this, but that's, that's for sure, is that uh, they have zero chance with a backup quarterback of any kind. And I know Dalton is there, right? Isn't that who they signed? Yeah, Andy Dalton is there, Dalton. so he's a higher-end yeah. backup. That's for e- sure. Even with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton is going to get a total of zero reps in the preseason. You want this is this is not the year to not pay people. This is the year to pay because you should have fear of what your team may look like without having a preseason at all. So I don't think the Cowboys need to tell me that. Unfortunately, as I predicted and I will continue to predict, I believe Prescott will get signed and it will be either the night before the season or the day before the season, or something like that, and then he'll end up playing the first week, if they play in the NFL. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today with Fantasy Reality. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. time for fantasy sports today here on sports grid and a little fantasy or reality as we end the show today joe and i'll be right back here tomorrow at noon eastern covering the latest in baseball fantasy baseball and of course sports wagering and joe i know this weekend diamond bets is certainly going to be back on the air what are the big plans for diamond bets this weekend well, we're going to be looking uh, back at the week that was, obviously recapping all of the good, bad, and the ugly. We're also going to be looking forward and also telling you where you should be spending your free agent money, which is always very important right now. Obviously, with all these injuries, there have been some massive swings and some pitching uh, injuries, and obviously you've got to get those waiver wires. And a lot of young kids making some debuts, too. We're going to tell you uh, which ones we think have a good chance to be useful for you in this 60-game season. So we got a lot to break down and, of course, a lot of laughs, too. So check uh, me and Matt Stryker out Sundays at noon on sports grid on diamond bets cool any card flipping i i, I haven't we haven't really talked any cards recently <laughs> we <laughs> haven't well look our card flipping segments are notorious we've waited so long to cover actual baseball this will be the first week of the show where we had actual baseball playing for a week so my guess is we're not going to flip any cards and and you know play silly haha but you never know i mean we right. we're definitely bringing that segment back it's not going away for those of people who love it and i'm one of them it's a it's a fun segment there's no doubt about that i think just actually having baseball like we just want we just want to do the two-hour baseball show about baseball just once like actual baseball that's happening while we have it and i gotta tell you there was part of me that was going you gotta be kidding me once we had like monday tuesday i said this is the joke right like we actually got here you teased me and now you're gonna take it away from me and uh luckily it doesn't look like at least yet we're gonna have that but before we get into fantasy and reality i have a fantasy or reality question that's not on the board today that i want to ask you craig mish fantasy or Mm -hmm. reality craig mish knows what guest spots he's doing the rest of the day (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fantasy yeah yeah, it, it's this. This is really an interesting dynamic of, of what goes on, and I feel bad because I try very hard to accommodate everyone uh, whenever I can. And when things get hectic, and like there's a story or a trade or something happening in baseball, and let's say for example, I'll get 
three requests. That's a lot, like for a day. Like that's that's really beyond what is the normal. I mean, I'm talking about like three every hour or close to it. I definitely do coming up. I'll be on MLB Network at two fifteen. But it's it, it, there are so many that what I've done through this part is that. I ask the producer, I feel really bad about this, but I ask every producer just to be sure to please, here's my cell, just please text me five or ten minutes before the hit, just so something doesn't mess with my head and I miss it. And I feel, and I'm, you know, look, I'm a producer too, helping produce this show. I've produced for many, many years, and I've been on that other side of the ask. But I totally uh, hope that people understand that, Joe, because there's, in, in particular, a show today that that the host is saying that I'm on. I, I I guess I am, but this one I did a bad job on not remembering because I don't remember saying yes. <laughs> so catch me later on a show I'm unsure about. Yeah, well, now you know what it's like to be, you know, Scarlett Johansson or Chris Evans or, you know, one of those big time actors. This no, is their life, not you know, cool. just constant press junketing, promoting what you're doing. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I know it's going to be very difficult. Luckily for you, no one can eat out in restaurants anymore. So you don't have to worry about being bugged at the table. Oh, my God, is that Craig Mish? I think it is. You know, I want his autograph. I'm going to talk to Craig Mish. You know, now that nobody can go to restaurants, you don't have that kind of worry of being interrupted. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I like I like when the, the heat of the story and the adrenaline and all that. But then with this uh, story in particular, now we're starting to get into a lot of rumor mongering, and sure are. and having the conversations that I'm having that like and hearing different stories about what people are claiming is the un- really unfortunate part about all of this because. There's a chance something is true. There's also a chance none of it is true. And the one thing that I would tell you from all of this and 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 I think I was maybe the a little maybe or the most angry today honestly after all of this it, because it it does bother me that that people send me stories and they're all fake and all that but like people like there's it's happened with somebody that I a couple people actually but one that I feel like the intentions are there but like how is somebody of, that is a friend of mine going to text me and say hey man you may really want to say this cuz this happened like this like and, and this is and like this is even friends of mine doing this and I want to respond. Like, do you this, realize that what all say? of my credibility would be lost if this is fake? Or, like, like, is this, are you really trying to help me or just pass along a rumor? Because you could take the extra mile by finding out if that is true before texting me something like that. Can you? And then where would the accountability be? I text out some crazy wild story. I lose all credibility forever on reporting it, and then the person that sent it to me is like, "Oh, sorry, yeah, no, my bad." Yeah, it's it's no good. There's there's no win there. All I will say is this, and I kind of alluded to you yesterday off camera, and you know I'll tell you here. I just I feel like there's going to be something more. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's maybe it's more you know harmless than it appears possibly too. But I feel like there's just more to this story we don't know yet. And like every story, we're gonna eventually find out the truth. But it's more important to be accurate than to be first. And I think that's always in this culture what happens. Everyone wants to be first. Damn being accurate. And uh, I'm sorry, it's it's more important to be accurate than first, especially when we're talking about this particular incident, because it really does have a, a huge, wide reaching magnitude. We're talking about not just Major League Baseball, we're talking sports in general. We're talking in this country. This is a big deal story. So I just want to tell everybody, just take a deep breath. I'm sure whatever, if yeah. there is more, we'll find out what the more is. Yeah, no, of course. And, and look, I'm not saying that there isn't. There may be. But I got to be responsible with this. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be the one to throw things. And believe me, I'm chasing down a lot of stuff 
but I'm not going to be the one to say things that aren't true. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one, one real good positive did happen today too, because I did get uh, a call from an agent who thanked me for not uh, reporting that his player tested positive. So you know, that, that, that felt good to, to hear there that. There you go. At least, good thing. Yeah, nice at least thing. that was good. That was, that was nice. I will say that that was good to hear that. Hey, like, thank you. We know you knew, but you didn't do it. And we're going to, you know, write that down you know, for the future. But anyway, all right, here we go. Fantasy or reality. Uh, let's start off. I think it's evident at this point that there's a chance of this. And again, we could factor in a lot of things. COVID being number one, you can factor in weather, you could factor in injuries, you could factor in anything, but let's do it. Fantasy or reality. No major league baseball team will play 60 games this season. Joe, there won't be a single team to play 60 games. Is that fantasy or reality? I think it's fantasy. Uh, right now, outside of the Marlins, and again, I can only live in the now. I'm trying really hard to live in the now as much as I can. Uh, nobody else is positive. They have zero positives, uh, except for everybody on the Marlins, unfortunately, and that's a, a terrible incident. But I think they are basically going to get this in somehow. I think there's going to be more positive tests. There could even be another team that has something go rampant through it. However, I think... As far as the scared straight program of the Florida Marlins, excuse me, Miami Marlins, old habits die hard there. Uh, I'm going to say that they do get 60 games in. I, I think this was uh, hopefully just a hiccup on here. Do you think uh, that it's a fantasy or reality? I, I do think it's a fantasy. I think that some teams will play 60 games, but I think that more teams won't than you think right now. I think that hmm, is probably part fair. of it too. I don't think I don't think the Orioles will play 60. They've missed too many. I don't think that the Phillies will play 60. They've already missed a bunch. I don't think the Yankees will play 60. They've missed a couple also. So um, I think the teams that have a chance for the postseason, if they can stay healthy, may have to play an extra day to get there because they're going to have to play all 60 to figure out if they get in or get out. But hmm. I would guess that more teams than you think only play 55, 56, 57 games just due to everything that's probably going to go on over the course of the season. So I agree. I think it's fantasy. I think some teams will, but I can't sit here and say that half the teams in baseball will, that's for sure. Okay, uh, Craig Kimbrell. Let's talk about Craig Kimbrell here for a minute, who we probably think that despite Joe and I's opinions on the National Baseball Hall of Fame, will be a future Hall of Famer, even though he was a closer, and a high-level closer with Atlanta and with San Diego. No doubt, uh, and and to ball and with Boston to a degree, but it it has not gone well for him with the Cubs, and and he has gotten off to a rough start again. And there aren't a lot of players that you'd look at right now and say, hey, this guy could be a Hall of Famer. It's hard to identify that sometimes, especially from a relief perspective. But Kimbrel is in that conversation. But Joe, I mean, we're going on, uh, we're we're not going on enough time for 2020. But the excuses are sort of over at this point. Like, oh, he didn't have enough time, and and switching teams, and switching leagues, and and Kimbrel has been really good for a long time. But is this it, Joe? Is it is this Craig Kimbrel's final season? Fantasy or reality? This is Craig Kimbrel's final season in Major League Baseball. This is a tricky one, man. It really is because I think last year I gave him a pass because of the way he started up. And, you know, sometimes we all know that if guys are in the right proper routine and get the right things in spring training and whatever it is, they tend not to be right during the season. And everything was wacky last year for Kimbrell. Now, unfortunately, this season is the definition of wacky, so it might also be hard to tell. But I think at a certain time, the negatives start piling up. 
I'm going to say that it's a fantasy that it's his final season unless Kimbrell himself retires. I think somebody else will continue to take a shot on Kimbrell because they will continue to live in the past of what he was. And who knows, maybe somebody out there thinks they can get him right. So the only way I think that he is done after this year is if Kimbrell walks away, if he wants a job, especially out there in a major league baseball bullpen, I think somebody's going to give it to him. So it's kind of a fantasy reality with a caveat. What are your thoughts on Kimbrell? Yeah, I mean, I think it is a fantasy. I do think that he will be back next year. I do think that. I think that the Cubs are probably, you know, want to bang their head against the wall over this this contract that they gave him, uh, you know, sixteen million guaranteed this year and sixteen million guaranteed next year. And so that is the reason that I think that he will pitch, and only because of that, he has a buyout in in twenty twenty two. So in all likelihood, they'll just pay that one million dollar buyout, and twenty twenty one would be his final season. But look. I, I don't see any player walking away from that kind of money, but the performance, unfortunately, is indicative of a late-inning baseball closer who doesn't have the same stuff that he used to when he was 23 and not 32 or 33. And Kimbrell's been at this for a long time. Very Mm -hmm. few Major League Baseball closers last three years, let alone a decade. And I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that but from a both a fantasy and reality point of view, I gotta say it's been a year. I, I just haven't seen him look like himself, and he was mm-hmm. to me for about five years the number one closer in baseball and in fantasy baseball. And so I'm hoping that there's a turnaround there, and I'm hoping that people uh, who drafted him in fantasy can get themselves five saves or six saves out of Kimbrel. But they have some players in the waiting too, and so we'll see. Uh, we'll end with this in Ohio. A man found a blue lobster, which is supposedly a one-in-a-million shot, Joe, in Ohio. And instead of eating the blue lobster, he ended up uh, sending it over to a zoo. Joe, if you bought the lobster and it ended up a blue lobster and it was one-in-a-million and you were hungry, would you eat the blue lobster or would you send it to the zoo? You know, I'm not the big fantasy or reality. Fanatic. You would eat the lobster. I'm sorry, I got to ask the question right. Fantasy uh, or reality? Ask the question. It's it's a it's a fantasy. I'm not eating the lobster. I probably would donate it as well because I'm not I, I'm not one of these people who wants to like break open my food and have to go through all of that just to eat the lobster. I know some people love it. They get the bibs and the smocks and they're wearing all that. It's not me. I don't care. I like lobster, but I don't like the work you have to do for it. I do not think it's the same level in terms of what you're getting on return on investment. And it's expensive. Speaking of investment, what about you? What are you doing with the blue lobster? Oh, yeah. I want to I want to go down as saying I ate a blue lobster in my in my lifetime. So <laughs> and I got the ticket stub right I'm, here to prove that I ate the blue. Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, I, I absolutely am. am, am, uh, am eating it. I, I, I look we, we're all buying the food to eat it. And unless they can find ways to reproduce blue lobsters into millions of blue lobsters, which they haven't been able to do, I'm going to just say that in my lifetime, I've eaten one. We'll have the Sports Grid 60 coming up next before we get out of here. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Hey, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Craig and Joe wrapping it up here on this Wednesday. Before we do, we check in with Joe on his topic today for his Sports Grid 60. Joe, take it away. Major League Baseball, you had the world to yourself for a few days. It's a very good day. Running blackouts. How are you doing this? Oh, I mean, people who go out there for extra innings and are paying money to watch baseball games can't watch their local teams. They can't even go to the ballpark and you're still running blackouts. Major League Baseball, shame on you. Isn't it more important that everybody gets to watch the ball game right now? Shame. Shame on you. Yeah, I mean, baseball is is certainly going to proceed, but I think the question that I have in sports is, will Antonio Brown proceed? And yesterday, Lamar Jackson said of the Baltimore Ravens that he was still hopeful that his team could get him. Well, look, I'm all for second chances and third chances and fourth. But I got to say on this one, the Ravens better be sure that they are getting the very best of Antonio Brown before they bring him in, because certainly you do not want a situation where he's ruining a chance for you to get to the Super Bowl. But that being said, am I up for one more shot of Antonio Brown? The answer, yes, I am. Bring Antonio Brown back to the NFL, Joe. Are you surprised that I am back in on Antonio Brown? Why not? No, no, because you like a good story. So that that's why I know I I'm not surprised at all. Not this slice. And I'm with you. You know I'm in. Oh, you know, baby. I'm definitely in on the AB 3.0 or how many ever chances. I don't even know. I can't even keep up anymore. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I, I have Antonio Brown in a dynasty league and he's like massively overpaid and, and you know, he shouldn't really be paid that. I got an interesting text asking me if I was uh, you can cut Antonio Brown now. And then this Lamar Jackson story came out. Yeah, I, I, I'll pay. Even though I'm really busy, I'm paying somewhat attention as to what's going on. I'm hosting a show every day. You know? Sharks in this All league. Right, of that, my goodness. It is really. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for the show. Uh, thank you to Joe and Ari, as always. Thank you to Chris, and of course, thank you to Brett for my co-host, Joe Pizapia. I'm Craig Mish. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at noon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.